This episode is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ believe the best way to improve the health of the world is to celebrate the health conscious through social and financial rewards. They have used science and gathered data to convince insurance companies that health-conscious people, including cyclists, deserve lower rates in life insurance. Health IQ have helped tens of thousands of people secure billions of dollars in insurance coverage. For a free life insurance quote, visit healthiq.com speed. Again, that is healthiq.com speed. And now, on with the show. Metallica Breath, episode 168, Speed Metal Cycling Podcast, the least professional, least knowledgeable, least informed podcast of all times, and we're very proud to say that we are. We are at speedmetalcycling.com. There you will find uh, old episodes, social media links, uh, video games, and our new app where you can hook up with other hot cyclists. It's like Grinder, but better. That's, of course... Not true at all. We'd like to thank all the people who make this podcast possible, our sponsor, Health IQ, but much more than that, all our awesome Patreons. And if you want to learn a little bit more about our Patreon campaign so that you can support us and keep us alive, keep the podcast going, check it out at, um, I don't know, speedmetalcycling.com. There's a link there. We want to thank all our new, uh, seems to be like the second wave of Patreons are coming in now, and we want to really, really thank all of you, uh, definitely. I have a shout out today before I introduce my co-hosts. Uh, actually, no. Let me introduce my co-hosts right now. It doesn't really matter which order I do this in. But first of all, my brother, uh, Klaus, how is it going with your foot? Better Ankle. than Mike's foot. No, Better actually, than... worse than Mike's foot, for sure. <laughs> and Natalia. How's it going, Natalia? I'm good. I'm just wondering where Mike is. Why is he reaching us? Oh, there he is. Valverde. Yeah, what's going on? He's too good for us? Yeah, Mike actually texted me and said, uh, I'm too good for you guys, but I still think that Richie Port is going to win the Tour de France. Valverde. (laughs) He still believes in Richie Port. Um, No, he said he was... uh, um, Something came up for uh, work and stuff, so he couldn't couldn't make it. That's okay, though. Do we ever need him? I mean, it's no. nice to have him around, but you know. Gringo Mike, man. Valverde. Gringo Mike. The only thing that we have, yeah, the he... only thing that we need, is this. Valverde. He and offsets it. the Colombianness. Yeah. <laughs> he says like two words a minute. I mean, two words an episode. Richie. Yeah, that helps. When he's when he's not here, he actually says more. Richie. It's, it's, it's because Mike is to a point, so that's yeah, his, exactly. His Mike, who's gonna win? Who's gonna win the Tour de France? Richie. Who's not gonna win the Tour de France? Valverde. There you go. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, both mean. of the drops that we have are now useless because they're both out of the race. <laughs> I know. I should have asked him to do another one. No, I have one that says Lance. 
Oh, good, good. But I didn't. I didn't load it. I, lo I did load this one. Hey, yo, Mad Dog. You want to park the car? I want to break, dude. Yo, park it yourself, Metallica Brett. <laughs> is that from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? <laughs> that is exactly where it's from, yes. That, if I remember correctly, that movie is a good bit better than you would think. Yeah, absolutely. How long ago, Klaus, did you watch that movie? Uh, the last time, probably in the late 90s, almost 20 years ago. How can you remember the lines? This is but so... Is classic. Because yeah. it's a weird thing to come up in a movie. <laughs> movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, that's like a weird line. But I think that, Klaus, you probably remember this line too, because it's my favorite line in the movie. Mm. Dishes are done, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> dishes are done, Aren't man. Aren't they shooting the dishes or something, like with a yeah, gun? Or yeah, something? from that roof. From that roof. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't seen that movie in probably 20 years, and the other day I just thought about Christina Applegate and just decided to download it. It's pretty good. You're absolutely right. So in the spirit of full disclosure, I'm going to also go say that I am drinking uh, Sapporo today because we had a party on Saturday here in the house. And it was uh, just call Japanese. it what it is. Call it Asian Corona. Asian Corona. Yes, exactly. I'm drinking Asian Corona. I'm not saying Sapporo is good beer, but it's leftover from somebody brought up uh, a couple of Klaus, so. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. You don't drink beer, so how do you know that thing tastes like Corona? Tastes like no, Corona? It's, no, you no. Mean, it's shitty. It's a shitty beer. Yeah, I, no, and I just I think it's funny because I think when people think like Mexican beer, I don't know, like Corona, and then yeah, people the are like, they have Negra Modelo beer. too. Yeah. yeah, but I think most Americans would, would just think of Corona, and likewise, you go like Asian, Japanese, I don't know, like Sapporo mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, it's, a, it's like the Budweiser in Japan is terrible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Continue. Um, I think Kirin Ichiban is better. I think Asahi is probably the best. Out of the three big, like, big mainstream ones in Japan. Anyway, the party on, on, on Saturday was uh, Japanese-themed. It was uh, Godzilla-themed, actually. The, the party was called Godzilla Night. So we watched Godzilla movies, and we did karaoke. Uh, Joe actually made sushi from scratch, like, by hand and stuff. It was actually amazing. It tasted very, very good. Japanese food, Japanese candy, Japanese crazy shit. It's pretty good. But so no Japanese people. Ah, no. No Japanese people. We're in Pittsburgh, Klaus. There's like one well, Japanese person and he was taken for the night. That reminds me, and I don't know if I've brought this up before. Have you guys ever looked up American-themed party pictures? Yes. In Europe yeah. with the red cups, yes. with the red solo cups. Yeah. It's hilarious that you never think about the fact that People, of course, in other places around the world see movies and they're like, how come they always have those red cups in their parties with the kegs? You can't find kegs in a lot of places, but they find the kegs and then they find the red solo cups and then they do what they believe Americans do in movies. Yeah, like wasn't, Ours wasn't like a Japanese type party because then Japanese people usually don't have parties in their houses. They usually have them in restaurants and stuff. That would be so, so weird, though, that now that I think about it, if you had, like, one poor Japanese person showing up. Can you imagine if somebody does a colombian theme party and then you are the only Colombian invited, invited to the party? That'd be yes. like... Eh. Well, I mean, I'm not, obviously, <laughs> obviously, it wasn't meant to be 100% legitimate Japanese party because the whole... I don't know, I know, but still, I mean, if it's not 100% and then you invite somebody from that 
country, it will be weird for the person, I think. Well, just I sent photos. I sent funny. photos and videos of the party to my Japanese friend in New York, and his response was, uh, Dan, you are very weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're kidding. Yeah, me. because uh, yeah, I was wearing like, like this Japanese um, traditional jacket that I have. And my wife was also wearing a traditional like um, Japanese like By that, wrap. you mean just a jacket wow. from Uniqlo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, 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 not full kimonos or anything. I, 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 if I'm if I'm gonna buy like a kimono or a yukata or something like that, I would want to do the real deal ones, the like three hundred dollar ones. And, I'm and you would also $100. become Ehrlich Bachman from Silicon Valley. <laughs> dude, did you see the the season finale? No, I'm one behind, so don't spoil it. Oh, dude. Okay, yeah, oh, Eric Bachman is. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, the season finale is typical season finale for them. Everything is shit at yes. the end, you know, every time. So. Hey, Dan, is Hans wow. around for this episode? Fudge! All my samples are not working. Yes, okay. Hans is around, but I, I because for some reason, we have, a... we have a listener, Martin, uh -huh. that actually pointed out that if you guys see the Eurosport broadcast of the Tour de France, yeah. The initial shot is always the Garmin little lad, and Hans is uh, on it. Yeah, he said, like he appears really? on that one. Hans is everywhere. Yeah, so yeah. Whoa, Dude, Hans Martin, is bigger than Martin, me. Martin, thank you for pointing it out. I had it on my notes, and then he sent the tweet wow. and was like, damn it, one mine. <laughs> so Hans is there in the Garmin commercial, and then Hans, yeah, hey Hans, and then Hans <laughs> is also in the. In a Colombian soap opera type of like song, I sent you guys a link like yeah. a week ago or something. Oh, and this, this gets me to another point. So, one of the listeners in Instagram actually pointed out that Hans is not an eagle but a red hawk. So he has like this full explanation in Instagram saying that he cannot possibly be in Switzerland. So he's claiming. That the thing is a is a freaking fake, but you know, it's it's kind of entertaining because you read it and it's like, oh man, I actually like learned something here. So I just want to go and see where it is. Oh come on. Yeah, but no, listen. Uh, while you, while you do that, um, about mm -hmm. the last thing I'll say about my um, Godzilla night or whatever. Uh, karaoke was a lot of fun, and the Japanese thing was a lot of fun. But I love. Um, themed parties you know like where people can i don't know just you ask people to do something dress a certain way bring something people get excited normally you know but um one thing that i uh, i think that and i told my wife this maybe maybe for the next party we should try to make some friends before we throw a party that way we can some people actually come to the party instead <laughs> of just like the two of us sitting there <laughs> drinking japanese okay so this is what the guy says and is cash 48 Okay, so just listening to this episode and it's reminding me of something I meant to say earlier. The Hans the Eagle sound effect is in fact a recording of a red-tailed hawk, commonly used in movies and dubbed over various, over various birds of prey with less impressive calls. Not having seen footage of the Tour de Suisse stage, I can tell you what the bird I can't tell you what the bird was exactly, but it sure wasn't a red-tailed hawk as they are native to North America. So Hans is a fraud. There you go. No, but here's the thing about Hans, though, that <laughs> we 
he don't know if this is what the actual real Hans sounded like. It was pretty close. I I think it's the pro- not I'm not a bird specialist, but I think he's right <laughs> that that's commonly used, and it definitely sounded like that. I can go back and check on my phone. Hold on. Um, I have it. I can, I can check that. But, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the, uh, the uh, Swiss uh, TV people to go, we're going to fake a sound. Make sure we get the right sound so that the fake sound sounds correct. You know? Okay, so um, well, while you check, Klaus, let me send a shout-out to the guys in the Transmissions podcast in Portland. Um, somebody has a, a little birdie. It's the same me. sound effect. I may be, I may be yeah. there um, I may be there on that podcast soon. What, what it, so, Klaus, play it for me. I just played my hands. No, you know, I can't find it. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if I got rid of it or what. Ah, bummer. Well, I want to tell you something. Let's move away from Birds of Prey. And I'm going to play you something that I think is pretty funny. This is is Sean Kelly being completely undermined by... A marching band. The finish, and there was a lot of riders yesterday that did knock it off a long ways out before the final climb to plunge the belle feet. And you know, that tells that right they are just uh, trying to spare as much energy as possible. And when you do that with a number of riders, a leader, train men, well, then today, tomorrow can be a major problem because if you can you know, get a really good leader, as you've seen of more recent years, the leader train is very, very important. And, if you can get that right and you know, save that with your energy on the final of yesterday's stage, um, it is. <laughs> I have no idea why I find that to be so funny. <laughs> Sean Kelly's just talking in a marching band, just. Oh my goodness! All right, so I had to I had to play the Sean Kelly being completely undermined by a. Um... Oh, something else I wanted to say: the Strava Club, the Strava, the Speed Metal Cycling Strava Fan Club. I checked it out, and guess what? There's 21 members in it. 21 members, and this week I'm gonna tell you something, dude. This is crazy. This week's leaders: uh, John A, 541 kilometers. What? The longest ride, Adam B, 166.4 kilometers. So good for you guys. Keep it up. Oh my gosh. No, no. Now I kind of want to join Strava now. Check them out. I think it would be awesome if you beat the crap out of all these dudes. Uh, all dudes <laughs> I think. Yeah, Jack you know, like John putting Adam. the Garmin on the car and just going around. <laughs> nah, not not going over that. like yeah, I mean, That's 500 kilometers. Are you? Anyway. Well, for you guys, make us proud. How much is that in miles, though? Isn't that like 30 miles? That's a joke. I know it's more than 30 miles. (laughs) Um, One more thing. A couple of episodes ago, I asked if, um, I don't know if you guys remember, I was talking about how I saw a a race in England. I think it was, oh, it was the women's uh, tour. And um, the feed was on the opposite side of the road. I was going to say the wrong side of the road. There's no wrong and right here. We're all right. Actually, we're all wrong. Uh, anyway, um, and I was like, I wonder if, so anyway, whichever way, I got uh, an email actually from a listener, uh, John, and he actually sent me the UCI regulation number, it's 2.3026, 
The food and drink shall be distributed on foot by the staff accompanying the team and by no one else. They shall be positioned on one side of the road only, which must be the side on which road traffic circulates in the country concerned. So there you go. What? Okay. Now we have the answer. Every time they race in England, they have it over there. When they race in Japan, they have it over there. If they race in Jamaica, they have it over there. Australia. You know, they have it on their other side okay. as well. Okay. But if, if they were, they're racing in Hong Kong, then up until the year 2001, was it? Then you'd be on the other side. But if you race after that, then you'd go on this side. There you go. So now uh, in South Africa as well. Uh, Surinam. India as well. The wrong side. Suriname, the wrong I way. Think so. The other side as well. So there you go. You know, so, I... Um, thank you very much for I that email, met, John. I met but, someone recently... And we were talking, and he was talking about, oh, you know, where I was born, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at him, and I was like, wait, where are you from? And he goes, you're never going to guess it. And, of course, I instantly take that as a challenge. Like, Why come on. you? Yeah, come on. <laughs> What's right? your wife I'm around? Because like, I know your wife would be like. <laughs> no, but not only that, but I'm like, I'll be honest. Like, he looked more or less like Latin American. So I'm like. Hmm, no. Filipino. Gonna... Philippines, yeah. No? Yeah, no, Filipino. so I'm like, no, but not that Asian. So I was like, wait. So I kind of narrowed it down. I'm like, wait, South America? He's like, yeah. It was Guyana. Oh, oh like, Guyana. Okay. Guyana! And, I, and, I and, do, you, and you were like, you were like, dude, you know that Man of War wrote a song about your country? <laughs> they did? My, there's, they have a song called Guyana, yeah. Oh. Well, I have to admit, I did not. I took three guesses, and I was like, nah, yeah, I suck. I no, who, no, but that's not because he doesn't look like he's from Guyana. That's because, like, who the fuck is from Guyana? There's, like, I know, and that's why, Guyana. That's why he was saying, like, dude, you're just not going to guess it. Like, no one guesses it. Uh, but here's my question, though. Was your wife around? No, no, no. Because she would have been like, oh, Guyana. Let me tell you all about Guyana. Let me tell you Are about you the country. Are you from Georgetown, the capital? <laughs> You know, Natalia, uh, Klaus's wife is obsessed uh, with geography and ve vexicology. Is it called vexillology? Vexillology. Yeah. Um, when I was visiting them recently, we were just sitting around being bored, and between Klaus's wife and I, um, we named every country in the world in alphabetical order. No, not in alphabetical order, but in letters, by letters, like A. And then our friend had the list, and she was like, "But A, there's 18 countries, and we named them all, and then we went B, and then we didn't like that." So it that's just how gets it gets super crazy when you think of like Tuvalu and Marshall Islands. Yeah, exactly. But your wife, she's like, no problem. She doesn't even <laughs> think about it. Twice. But me, not, me I her. can't even guess if someone is from Guyana. Yeah, that's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. Okay, so this brings us to there's there's two more things we want to talk about before we even start talking about the Tour de France, which we will, believe me. Um, the first thing is Rigobert Turan. Now, of course, Rigobert Turan is in the news these days internationally because he won the um, the stage photo finish, amazing, beautiful, great. I'm very happy with what he did. So he's in the news. However. He's been in the news in Colombia since stage nine because of that crazy crash. Actually, listen, both of you guys feel free to jump in at any point that you want. Mm. The news in Colombia, um, 
Okay, so after the crazy crash, uh, he there was a reporter that was on live. And so Rigoberto ran come by where he was standing, like after he crossed the line. And he asked him like, hey, dude, are like, are you okay? And he, you look pretty clean or something like that. You don't look like you're dirty. So you're okay, you didn't crash. And he goes, no, 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 I didn't crash. Nobody in my team crashed. So then the reporter asked him, so what happened? But that happened like way in front of like Uran, like way ahead, so he didn't see anything. So instead of just being like, no, I don't know, man, I didn't see anything, he goes, how can I translate this? He, he basically, basically in the spirit of being like, I don't fucking know, or what the fuck do I know? Or how am I, how am I supposed to fucking know? Something like that. Asshole, like, but asshole in a no. friendly way, which... But so, the weapon is not asshole. It's more like a a, a a dude, a stronger dude. How am I supposed I to know? Like you like, would not say it in front yeah. of your grandmother. You would never. It's it's a bad word. Weapon is a yeah. bad word. And loves but which colloquially, okay, okay. But colloquially, but I've colloquially, seen people like that are yeah. friends amongst but each other. They call each other weapon. So. Yes. You would never say it on TV yeah. or on the radio. The weapon and the the no. other one is the marica. No, marica. marica. Yeah. yeah. You would yeah, never. That's... You would never say that on the radio or on TV. And this was live. And his yeah. answer was, I don't know, dude. I don't know, asshole. But like in a, in a in a nice way, and he continued to laugh and and, and walked away. So that yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with off. Rigo, it's just that he's finally losing it with the <laughs> Colombian journalists and their stupid questions. Oh, he's been losing because it for that a long wasn't time the period. first time. Then the other one was, I think, at the beginning of a stage, he went over and asked him, or when he was coming back, one of those two, and then he asked him about the sensations and how were the sensations and blah blah blah. And then Rigo goes, "Dude, I'm, I'm just doing so much better than you in this." Heat with that tie on your neck, and then he laughed and then walked away. <laughs> so I think so, that finally he's napping, and well, it is about that... time. Goddammit! I mean, Colombian journalists just ask the most stupidest stupid questions, questions ever. But I mean, here's the thing: everybody, all journalists, ask for stupid questions. But and, and Rigoberto Duran is known for having a really foul mouth, anyway, and for being really quick with his wit. So, but I think there's a couple of things at play. You're right. Journalists in general ask dumb questions. Colombian generals who are not endemic to the sport but are just kind of sports or general journalists ask far dumber questions. And when you think about it, Rigoberto's 30. He's been a professional since he was like 19 in Europe or whatever in Italy. Like he has been around and I'm actually surprised it took him this long to just be like, whatever. But yeah, he has, it's hard to explain it, but he has a super foul mouth in a really funny way. He has a, he's a very funny guy. Yeah. And I actually mentioned this to someone that works for Cannondale Draypack uh, last year at Paris Roubaix because they were like, yeah, it seems like he has so many followers on Twitter. Like, what, what, what kind of stuff is he putting on social media or whatever? And I was just like, look, I'll just say this. He is beloved, and part of what makes him beloved is that if he was sent putting out messages in English, you guys would have a oh, handful. <laughs> yeah, like you guys would have so much trouble. Not because he says anything particularly incendiary, but he's just slightly foul-mouthed and just says whatever's yeah. on his mind in a no, hilarious way. But I think no, some he, English speakers would be during in this awe. tour de France. Yeah, during this tour de France, he said something about. Uh, Mis piernas me están doliendo como un hijo de puta. And he's like, my legs hurt like a motherfucker. And yeah. he, that, that's something that he would tweet. And 
it's not incendiary because he's like he's saying something about somebody else or something. It's just that he uses he refers like he just he just has a really foul mouth, but in a very funny way. And when he actually says it because of the accent of the place, the part of Colombia that he's from, makes it even funnier. So anyway, this yeah. whole thing. I mean, with- imagine for an American um, someone with like a brutal old school Brooklyn Italian accent speaking like you would in an old Scorsese movie or someone yeah. from the South just having this like super thick Southern accent and saying things that are insanely Southern, you'd be like, that's so funny. It's so him. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But anyway, this whole thing with the how, do, how would I know asshole or whatever just took off in social media in Colombia. And uh, so here, first of all, let me play you the actual clip. Yeah, I've never heard this. Of when he, the actual interview. And the other interview after he won the stage was hilarious too. The one that he had in, in Colombia. He was just, when he was kind of describing what went through his mind and everything when they were contesting the finish line with a Barguil. And it's funny because he, he didn't call him oh. Barguil. He called him Barguil. So... <laughs> He's like, he's like, fuck, man, if you remember last year, I went through the same shit with this guy. Oh, yeah, no, when he says, when I, when they told me, like, oh, travel la misma huevona, like, ah, the same shit all over again, Barguil won again, like, ah, you know, like, you know, whatever. A funny thing happened. It was late at night, the day of that stage. And I get a text from a friend in New York City, and he goes, oh, I'm heartbroken for Rigoberto. I can't believe he lost it. And I'm like, wait, did they reverse it? Like, it's uh, that's unheard of, but what if they rever- – <laughs> and I'm like, I look online, and of course they haven't reversed it. And I'm like, are you watching this like on DVR or something? He's like, yeah, I'm so bummed. I just turned it off, and I'm like <laughs> – Turn it back on. Yeah, you might want to keep playing like after commercials. And of course, like three minutes go by, and he goes, "Oh my God, what the hell's going on? I can't believe it." But in the U.S. broadcast, (laughs) they had Jonathan Vodders come and like speak about it, and it was like perfect timing. He had some interesting insights about Rigoberto, but he was super flattering about him, uh, what it's like to have him in a team and how good he is as a teammate and as a leader and everything. Yeah, Brailsford actually had really good words to say about him too when they interviewed him the next morning and stuff. About that him. is, that is okay. amazing because even the guys from the Cannondale Drapak team that were not racing, all of mm. them were watching the, the last kilometer, I guess. And yeah. it was just funny to see how much they were rooting for him. Yeah, he seems like he's just very like, well liked within Roberto, the team. Roberto Turan is a very, very likable person. I mean, he has a lot of charisma. So, I mean, and he's funny. Yeah, that's okay. So here's the here's the act, the very first interview that started the whole thing. The other thing that I want to point out that is really funny, and I'll try to translate some of it maybe later. When the guy stops and is like, "Hey, Rigoberto, come over here, talk to me." And Rigoberto, instead of being like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, what's going on?" He he goes like, "Hey, what's going on, dude?" Like, like he just says hi to the dude like what's going on my man it's funny yeah. okay here Rigoberto aquí para Colombia estoy en directo ¿Qué pasó en la calle? Hola Rico, ¿cómo estás? Hola Rico, ¿todo bien o qué? Todo bien. Todo bien. Todo bien. Todo bien. Todo bien. How you doing? And he goes like, hey, what's going on, man? I'm good. So how are you doing? Do everything, everything okay? Yeah, I mean, he's... Rigoberto, aquí para Colombia, estoy en directo. ¿Qué 
Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's he, almost he, like he goes, I don't even know how to translate that. Yeah, he's like, dude, I was hanging with you. What's up? Yeah, he's like, what's, what's up? up, man? Like he's talking to some dude at a bar. Not a, not a wow. dude from the press. And the first thing that the guy says, the, the, the reporter says is, we're live for all of Colombia right now. Rigoberto, aquí para Colombia, estoy en directo. ¿Qué pasó en la calle? Hola, Rigo, ¿cómo estás? ¿Qué más? ¿Qué dice? ¿Todo bien o qué? Todo bien. ¿Usted termina riendo después de, de 200 kilómetros? Hombre, eh, etapa complicada. Al final siempre, pues, eh, mucho peligro. Pero bueno, yo creo que lo importante es que no, no, pues, ninguno de los compañeros se cayó. Claro, usted llegó limpiecito. ¿Qué pasó en la caída, Rico? ¿Yo qué va a dar huevón? ¿Qué va a pasar? <laughs> 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 ¿Usted venía como en la caída? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, you know, Rigoberto's like, oh, it's a really complicated stage. It was really crazy towards the end, whatever. So, so then he goes, what do you see? You know, what do you think about the fall? What happened with the crash? Like, what the fuck do I know? Wow. <laughs> it's just funny. Oh, my God. And I'm immediately seeing... after that, in Colombia, hashtag, yo que voy a saber, huevón, was trending. Oh they even made a song about it. I it was like, hilarious. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to play. So there's this guy named oh DJ, DJ Frito. I just DJ found Frito. this, yeah. No, listen to DJ Frito. Wow. <laughs> He goes on and on and on and on. That's DJ Frito, right? He's just, DJ he's Fried. Just Is that yeah, the translation? Fried. Yeah, Frito. Yeah, fried. <laughs> so this is the song, though, that is becoming, like... And this one is by a guy who has a better name than DJ Frito. His name is Kaneka. Oh. <laughs> Trashcan. <laughs> this is a song by Trashcan, all right? And the words in this one, I'll, I'll tell you some of the words later. I'll translate them later. Uy, uy, uy. Okay. <laughs> the first thing it says is Wikipedia now has competition. It says in Colombia there's a guy who's a genius. He knows more than Google. And he's no, no, wiser he's than Nostradamus. Than he's and he's faster than Google and wiser than Nostradamus. Wiser or more knowledgeable. He knows more than questions that are very complicated i don't know the answers to all of them but it, but how would i know the answers you should ask rigoberto right <laughs> so then the first but then, i didn't know then, about any of this oh my god this is awesome but then, but then the first question there's like when is the subway for bogota gonna be done 
And then the answer is, yo que voy a saber, weón, you know, the, I don't, how the fuck am I supposed to And people should know walk. that the subway for Bogota has been promised oh. by politicians oh, yeah. for the past yeah, 20 years in their country. Oh, 20? I would say yeah. probably so. for the last maybe 50 years, probably. Yeah. It's just oh, hilarious. Wow. And then he keeps going with all these other questions, like... Uh, just political questions, you yeah, know. When is this politician going to talk to this other brother? Just very <laughs> you, political. You have one uh, the best Trump, one, right? <laughs> the best one is Donald Trump, is he mentally retarded? Because like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? <laughs> oh my God. It's great. Uh, it's great. It's joke. And it's wow. really catchy, too. The wrong questions and the answer is always. I love it too how they like pass the weon. So it's not a good one. Go on. Go on. Yeah, go on instead of weon. That way it's. So that way is, oh, who's gonna win? We all know, we all know what it is, but no. so the other question, the other, the other question there is who's gonna win the Tour de France? So, so I have to thank uh, Christian funny. for that one. He found that one. He found. I just, yeah. uh, I didn't know about any of this, and I just found the other one where he says, "Ay, jueputa alegría." That's when he uh, won the, the stage. That's in the in the other oh, interview. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's motherfucking it. happiness, but all is one word. He live on the it's, air. Yeah, live yeah, he on was, the air. He was yeah. talking to the guy, and before that, he dumped like. He already Beon, said Beon, like, Beon, 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 oh, yeah. I mean, I you, yeah. I, that's I how mean, he you talks put him live, in Spanish. You put that's him live funny. on TV, you know he's gonna curse. But that one, I mean, motherfucking happiness. That's like one word. So I'm sure there's going to be plenty of songs about that. So oh, yeah. let me ask you guys a question. I don't know if you watch the U.S. broadcast. Jonathan Vodders mm -hmm. came on and he talked in some great detail about things that I didn't fully realize during the race. So Rigoberto ended the race with two gears. Yes, he was on yes, the 53 uh -huh. and he had the but, 11 and the 12. But the final sprint, we can say he it was said. on a single speed because he wasn't going to use the, the little... No, 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 yeah. no. But single what's speed. interesting... <laughs> no, I mean, what he said, what Uran himself said on TV, on, on the interview that I saw, was that he actually just had the two gears because he only had the 11 sprocket. He didn't have the 12. Okay. So he so actually guess... did the whole last part, the, the, the whole last chunk in the little ring, small cog, Okay. And then he went up. Basically, he said, okay, he went up, up to, up to the big chain ring. That's when he started sprinting. He was like, it's okay. going to take me forever to like get, get up to speed. So he get actually did the whole thing in 5311. So let me run this by you. John, so Jonathan Vodder thought the Mavic car had given him 12 and 11. So Jonathan Vodder was very, very, I think, uh, kind Wait, sort of flattering. Sorry? But the, the, the Mavic car had nothing to do with it. The Mavic car didn't even... The Mavic car tried yeah, to fix no, it. Yeah, no, the Mavic car had they everything to do with it. They tried to fix the derailleur. No, no they tried no, to no. fix the derailleur so, and nothing, nothing worked. No, no, no. So what happened is that the hanger from the thing was bent. And here I had the most interest, uh, interesting exchange of in Twitter with a, with a listener that I think is a bike mechanic. So he was explaining to me the whole issue. So the, the hanger for the derailleur, I think it was bent. So what the yeah, Mavic yeah. mechanic tried to do was to try to, you know, like kind of strengthen and fix it to see if the thing yeah, was going like. to work, restarted the derailleur and whatever, and uh, it wouldn't work. So finally, the decision made was just leave it on the 11 and then I deal with it. That's how 
yeah. legal cause. So, that was it. So my my reason for bringing this up is that Jonathan Vodders said something interesting about Rigoberto. First of all, this is the kind of finish that suits him if you think of how the Olympics went and everything like that. But Jonathan Vodder says that Rigoberto's biggest problem is that even at this he, age, he can never he believe it. No, no, no. That he can <laughs> never believe it that he's there at that moment. He overthinks it and he screws it up. And he's huh. like, this has happened to him so many times. And it just, that's why he's always so close. And he's like, the biggest problem and that I've talked to Rigoberto endlessly about is don't think about it. At 2K to go, just shut it off and just go on field. You're overthinking it. It's like he's too smart of a rider. And Jonathan Vodder said he was scheduled to come down to speak to the NBC people. And he was on the bus. And people were like, oh, now – and his derailleur is bent, whatever. Like this is not going to work. And he's like, no, this could work. And he's like, it took Rigoberto out of that mindset. He couldn't think overthink stuff. And he was so in the moment that it he won the stage. I don't know if there's truth in that, but it's interesting. And I think – and he's like, you saw him at the Olympics when he was – and I know bringing up the Olympics is a whole contentious issue with a lot of people. But I thought that was an interest – like some interesting uh, insight. No, what I was going to say is that the best, the best part about it is that he basically bent his derailleur against Richie Port's head. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what he hit. I don't know what he hit. But you, you, oh, you, actually, speak, speaking of that crash, and I mean, we can we can continue to talk about the crash if you are. We we still have to take about talk about elbow gate and arm gate, but specifically about that crash, something that Why I don't thought was. Why don't we talk about elbow gate? That thing is so far in the past. Well, I I, I definitely have a very strong opinion about it. But I know you have. We so here's it. the thing. Here's we the thing. It. No, 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 no. You have no. You really. We saw it. We saw it. No, you have no idea how I feel about it, but. What? With that crash, what's funny is Daniel Martin said that Richie Port's bike collected me and that's why I went down. Richie Port's bike was 200 meters away from the whole situation, down on a ravine. What Dan Martin hit was actually Richie Port's face. <laughs> if you look at that, it's horrible. The bike goes one way, completely just off the ravine. And Richie Port is the one that crosses right in front of Daniel Martin. And he hit it, hit him, thinking it was a bike. Terrible. Terrible. I still think here, that Richie Port is going to win. Here, I just, I just want to say something. Yeah. And it is that I kept me thinking because Giro Rosa had also a very nasty crash. Claudia yeah, Cretti, yeah. she was going down at 90 kilometers per hour, apparently. And then she had a massive crash. And now she's in this coma stage when they are, you know, like, she has some serious yeah. damage in her in her in her brain. Yeah, that's so pretty bad. So if you guys are religious or believe in the good wishes or whatever, just send good wishes their way because now the yeah. the prognosis is kind of uh, of reserve. But that gets me thinking that it seems that people are uh, being a little bit more risk taking going down descents. So if you are a professional cyclist and I'm sure you're listening, you are listening to it podcast. Of course, Everybody please. Knows. Please know your limits when you are descending and do not go over your comfortable limits. If you have to slam the brakes, Listen, that's fine. It's fine. You know, like this is your Natalia, life. Like my no, gosh. Natalia, the thing oh. is that in order to be, to be a professional cyclist or a professional athlete of any sort, there's two things that you must have. One of them 
is that you sh- you have to be able to not give a fuck about that and take crazy risk. And the second one is that you could never listen to this podcast. So you're basically. That's, <laughs> but dude, yeah. I mean, well, I understand. But they they work on improving your limits or whatever. But it's just whenever they, I, I don't know. It's just one I, of those I, things. I don't know. I've I've never uh, gone that fast and I crash all the time. No, 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 no. I, yeah, like I don't I, know. I don't know. It's just they are. I mean, don't turn into Goga. Don't no, 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 I'm not. Look, I'm not telling them. I'm not telling them slow down. You know, like you see somebody like Nivali going down and the guy is pretty comfortable. You know, like he knows yeah. like the type of risks that he can take. What I'm saying is that if you are not comfortable at some point and then you hesitate a little bit because you are not, you know, like comfortable going yeah, yeah. at such a speed or whatever, that's what shit hits the fan. That's what, what I'm thinking. You know, like he's not like so so it's more like if you are not comfortable going at the lighting speed that some of these goods good descenders go do not try that please (laughs) something like that i don't know i'll say this the descents at this tour have been a little hairy and i don't mean to be one of these people like it's their fault look what they're doing but there have been some slightly narrower and tighter descents at this tour but also for what it's worth i know I have made uh, mistakes in my bike racing, uh, my plentiful bike racing experience because I'm <laughs> oxygen deprived and I just start screwing up. <laughs> like I don't realize and I have to wake myself up and be like, oh my God, like I'm not, I'm zoning out and that's when I crash. Okay. Yeah, no, it just, no, it just be- brings me back to the Olympic women's race when Annemiek van Bluting was bombing the descent and then Mara out said I was just not comfortable going at the pace exactly. she was so going because she was because going too fast so I mean no, I, I, I was going yeah, down exactly. at my pace that's the pussy that's, is not gonna win that's what I'm saying oh, we want everyone be a man I we don't yeah so go kill yourself trying to win come on yeah and that's, that's what I did that's, that's why what that's what that's everybody what does. That's what it's the same thing in 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 uh, any sport. You go all out. And I mean, Chris Froome raises the hand and says, "No, no, no! You have to wait for me." <laughs> <laughs> he should. Arm Do gate. not attack me, and then you have to bring me to the finish line. Do you even dare taking time on me because you are not going to? Yes, sir. Okay, now. Listen, um, I want to say something about the the Giro Rosa since you brought that up. And you brought up uh, Van Floyten. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Natalia, I hope you saw this. The listeners, I thought this was amazing. During the time trial, Van Floyten's chain dropped. She dropped her chain and it got caught in the thing. The the mechanic jumped out of the car. Van Floyten never stopped riding. While she was moving, the mechanic got the chain back on. Claro, yeah. fucked up his finger bad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost and she won the freaking stage. Did you that see the crazy see, time trial that he has like a hill climb with a thirty percent grade? It's like who puts that awesome. thingy on a freaking time trial? Italians, like, Italians, awesome. Yeah. No, but listen, if your mechanic is willing to risk his finger for you, you should risk your life for your team so you can win the race <laughs> going downhill. I'm just saying. I'm just I gonna just leave that right. Then it gets a little bonus. Oh, he, uh, yeah, the size of his finger—that's his little yeah, bonus. Yeah, like because there is a lot of money in women's cycling. Yeah, all those all yeah. those female riders hoarding all the money. 
No, I know, I know they are. Yeah, Giro Rosa, you know, it was interesting to see some of the winners of the stages, but as we have said many times, and I finally opening my eyes to this thing, is all the freaking same names, you know, like, and this is one of the things that kind of bumps me out when you compare, and I know that we don't do comparisons, but when we see the classics for the men, there are some cyclists that are the stars there, and then kind of that changes when we are looking at, you know, like stage racing, though other yeah. names appear. Yeah. But when you look at women's cycling, is the freaking same names throughout the whole time. No matter what. Time, kind of no matter what. So, yeah, sure, in the stage racing, you're going to get one, like some names that are not there all the time, but not that many. So, I'm actually enjoying it more now that they have this separation with the World Tour and the other races, because if you look the other ones, those have some sort of like variation and stuff. So, yeah. and in terms of coverage, it's not that they are any worse than what the World Tour for Women is offering now. I mean, the, the Giro Rosa coverage was pathetic, to say the least. If you were outside Italy, if you were in Italy, then you had the Raidil, but outside it, man, it was just really. If you like really, women really cycling, like, just move to Italy. That's what I can Yeah, so like that. So I don't like, want you to know, shit over here in my country. In my country, yeah. you know what I was mad. just thinking of? Uh-huh. If uh, female cyclists don't get paid anything, can you imagine what that poor uh, mechanic makes? Oh, yeah, no, no, totally. I know, it's like, don't even, yeah, that, that's, that's what, what I was, My joke was going to be, I hope that Van Vleuten, like, split her, her winnings with the mechanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> $10? Here's, exactly, dude, <laughs> I'll buy you a cup of coffee tomorrow. Yeah, something it. like that. I do have to say, I the, the part that kind of brought up my spirits about the Giro Rosa where the backstage uh, passes from the Orica from people. Orica? They, yeah, were, like they were funny to watch. It's actually really funny, funny to too that you see the guys in the backstage pass and they're used yeah. to doing him so they're like, hey, yeah, just like totally crazy. The first two episodes of the women's, they're they're yeah. all so shy in front of the camera. Of course, they've never done anything like that. They don't, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. A lot of pressure and stuff but as they get like more and more comfortable as the Giro went on, they just... Just basically, it's just like they're themselves, just like the dudes and stuff. But yeah, that's that's pretty much how I followed the. Yeah, I that was that was. Good. I mean, it was it was too bad because Anemic Van Vleuten and Orica actually had the chance of having balls against the rope, and I was really hoping for that. But sadly, Anemic just lost a, a kind of like a, a cut that was made in the in the third stage. I think that she got relegated yeah. and she was never able to like get back to the first group and then that's you know like sky in very sky style then balls just defended the whole thing until the until the mm. end so for the gc just no looking course. at the gc battle it was nice to see anemic and the orica thing try to you know like fight to to get back but boy it would have been so much better if she hadn't lost time in that third stage i'm pretty sure that we will have a yeah, more exciting yeah. race for I, the gc I do, I do the fight for the stages was 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 good but the gc was kind of meh Again, yeah. both dominates. Game over. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's move on to the for the last little bit of time we have left. Yeah, for the last ten uh, minutes. Um, yeah, I want to talk about the tour, and I mean, it kind of sucks when 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 Elbowgate happened. I was like, oh fuck, we're gonna have to wait a whole week to fucking talk about it. I am no fan of Sagan's, obviously. But yeah. I'm also no fan of Cavendishes. If anybody's heard the the, the the podcast for long enough, when they remember, when if they remember like HTC Columbia and even back then, I never really liked Mark Cavendish. I think he's a little bit of a shithead and stuff. But 
he's kind of been growing on me over the last couple of years, whatever, whatever, whatever. Here's the thing. Uh, I don't care who's, who was at fault. It doesn't really matter to me. At this point, it doesn't really matter. There's two things that I find interesting. Number one, if Sagan doesn't believe that he was at fault, I mean, because I know that everybody now is blaming Cavendish. It was Cavendish's fault, right? Okay, fine, whatever. Sagan was right there, right? I mean, he was part of the exchange. He went up to Cavendish right after, before anything happened, before any, anybody had said anything about it. He went up to the, to the bus, to the Borja, I mean, to the Dimension Data bus to apologize. If he didn't think he did anything wrong, if he thought it was Cavendish's fault, like everybody else seems to believe now, then what the fuck was he doing over there? Why was he over there apologizing? He didn't do anything wrong, right? It was all Cavendish's fault. He put his head in there. So don't, I mean, Sagan thought, Sagan knows, Sagan knows that what he did was fucked up, regardless of who started it or who didn't start it. If I'm at a bar and a dude comes up to me and pushes me and I pull out a gun and shoot him, Who's at fault for the shooting? The guy that pushed me? Well, he shouldn't have pushed him, man. Come on, dude. Putting out your elbow like that? I don't give a shit what the hell... I, I don't care what Cavendish was doing. Well, if you wouldn't have done it, then he would have crashed. Mm, I'm not really sure. However, regardless of that part, should he have been thrown out of the race? No, absolutely not. There's many reasons why he shouldn't have been thrown out of the race. If this would have happened in the middle of the road... Cavendish's crash wouldn't have been as spectacular and as horrible. And then nobody would have been as alarmed about the whole thing. If Arnold Demar would have done it, he probably wouldn't have gotten thrown out of the tour. Let's be honest here. The French are in love with Arnold Demar right now. Hmm. I don't know. However, if anybody that is a, a, a Sagan like mega fan, somebody so far up, everybody's fucking so far up fucking Sagan's ass, he can do no wrong. Fine. If Buhani would have done that, or Demar would have done that, then what? Then everybody, every one of you little fanboys would be like, oh my God, look at that asshole, look what he did. What if Sagan would have been the one crashing and Demar would have been the one with his, with his elbow out? Think about that. Don't tell me for a second that you're going to be like, no, yeah, I still think that it was, you know, it was like, it should have been Get the hell out of here. Sagan is a golden boy. Everybody said he's the pretty boy. He's the golden boy of cycling. Nobody wants him to... Nobody wants him punished. I think he should have been relegated to last. What the hell would he care? The points taken off, what the hell would he care? He was going to win the green jersey anyway. And they gave him like a thousand like uh, uh, Swiss franc. Um, fine. He doesn't give a shit. He makes more money than God. What the hell? He'll give him more uh, fucking cook up. And that's it. Right? It wouldn't have mattered to him. It wouldn't have mattered to anybody. And the whole thing would kept going minus Mark Cavendish, of course, we hope that um, swiftly, but I think that they shot themselves in the foot in a way, the tour, because everybody's going to be angry about that now. I mean, I don't like Peter Sagan, but I recognize that he's a huge personality. He's the biggest personality in cycling. We've begged for a personality in cycling for a long time, and here he is, and he gets thrown out of the biggest race there's a bunch of people now that are like, well, fuck the tour for many reasons. Number one, we think it's unfair. It wasn't his fault, blah, blah, blah. Also, what, no Sagan? Then why, why do I care to watch? There's a lot of people that are watching the tour 
because of Sagan, whether or not I like it or not. The fact is that he's a personality and I love having him there because of that. Because to me, it's, it's, it's just as interesting to go like, yeah, you fucking asshole, as going, yeah, dude, you're awesome, let's go. No, I just want to say something, and I know that the when Peter Sagan went to the bus and whatever, it seemed like he wasn't meeting guilt, but I want to give you the following scenario, and is how this vital thing came up. So, apparently, it wasn't only the Dimension Data team that was complaining, it was also Loro Sudal because there was some sort of elbowing or whatever with uh, the gorilla. Uh, what's oh, the name? Yeah. Gripple. Gripple. Right. So the thing is that after after the thing was done, the only images that we had from the elbow thingy was from the aerial shot from the helicopter. And that looks pretty bad. I mean, you see it, it's like, oh my gosh, he took Cavendish down. So this whole thing escalated because it was Cavendish and then it was Gripple, which by the way, later apologized. So the guy comes out and everyone is raving about how he is out to kill all the other sprinters. This thing is escalating. So, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from a PR move. Go and try to show some remorse. Go and ask for forgiveness. Try to, you know, like smooth things out with everybody. And let's see if we can lessen the sanction that you are going to get in any possible way. And that was it. And then after that, Sagan didn't even, like, commented nothing to anybody. Like, they waited until the next day to for him to face the the press i'm not going to condemn or, or like go one side or or the other one people in this case i think that they are either think they was super unfair and the other side says like whatever just get rid of him because he does crazy stuff that actually endangers sprints i don't know sprinting for me if it was for me i think they are all crazy they always are changing lines i mean for me it's like Disqualify them all for all I care because they are never sprinting in a straight line as they are supposed to be doing and they seem okay with that. So I think it's just carnage type of, of business. What I don't like is that they start, you know, like making these decisions without applying the same rules to everybody. If you look at the way of the Mar sprinting, the guy goes from one side of the screen to the other one. It's like, you're not supposed to be doing that, yes, right? Yes, yes, but get... No, 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 no. Listen, you, people are always talking about the unwritten rules of cycling, right? Here's okay. an unwritten rule of cycling. If the country of France is in love with a rider, he gets special disposition. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's, it's a part of the Tour de France. It has been since the very beginning. Okay. Deal with it. Okay? You think Just that deal with it. Let's, let's Let give me... thanks that they didn't Photoshop the photo finish for Rans. <laughs> Stage. But see, but that's just the thing. That wasn't Arnaud Demar. If you were, if you oh, were Arnaud Demar, okay. they just love him. I'll just say this, uh, and I'm sure everyone has already had because we're late to the party, so I'm sure everyone's had enough. I think when you see large deviations in someone's sprinting line, if no one gets hurt or if they don't really close the door badly on someone, then it's kind of let go. My take on the Sagan thing is did he do that on purpose to knock him down oh, I really do not think so that would be crazy he's a pro they know each other whatever but did he do something that endangered someone else yeah so then how you deal with that er, that's no you, know, you that's... no 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 of course you, you you relegate him to the last place you take his points away you find him and and, and that's the way that it goes and it's been done a million times before and then, but in every, what Natalia says is dead on. 
you can ask every sprinter. I mean, Mark Renshaw said this too. He's like, I've gotten relegated. I've gotten thrown out of races for a lot less. And then some other people are like, I've gotten away with way more than that. I mean, Buhani has done some horrible things and he doesn't even get called for any of them. What Natalia says is true. It should always be applied. What's that? Mark Renshaw got kicked out for headbutting. Remember yeah. that one? That but one was, was deserved. Was, for sure. Three headbutts. But, I mean, headbutt, yeah. elbow. Come on. How far away can you put out your head? How far away can you put out your elbow? Somebody against the, the barriers. I mean, come but on. But the question is, is the elbow a purposeful thing, or is he balancing himself and making a sudden movement? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But listen, we should stop talking about who we believe or who they anybody believes that I was at fault or not. The The result was Peter Sagan being kicked out of the race. And I think all three of us agreed that that was the wrong decision to be made. I don't see either because it was too much, either because it was too much or because it just, at the end of the day, it hurts the tour. I can tell you this, you know, his only purpose for being there is the green Jersey. Yeah. Relegating him in points or something like that. I mean, the points would have hurt him a little bit, but I mean, I mean, he's unstoppable with the green red Jersey. Come on, obviously. But yeah, it's kind of irrelevant. Stop him. Make him stoppable. Like really mess with him. I can just man. Uh, I'm race with a with 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 a blindfold make him, on. Make him race with the days. brakes on and the rear brake. Why not? <laughs> make him race in uh, Rigoberto gearing. Opportunity. The <laughs> interesting. Let's say that. Yeah. yeah opting the points or whatever, they could actually have made him you know like try harder to get it. And kind of giving a handicap. A handicap thing. Yeah, too. but listen, yeah, come yeah, on. We, you know, like the only I mean, thing I don't care who you are talking about, as long as you are applying the rules the same way. Whatever even, if the yeah. rule says that if you put your elbow out, even if it's for balancing, and you make a and you cause a crash of another rider, then you're out. Then good, they are just applying the rules. But it seems to me that this was a little bit like rush. I mean, they they. Remember when Chris Froome went up running? How long it took them to <laughs> came out with the, you know, like how the the times no, were going to be given and stuff? It was that. like how many yeah. hours were they like debating about doing that? And with Sagan was just they talked about it and then maybe half forty five minutes after the race was over, the jury comes out and says, "Okay, Sagan's out." We decided like what? Did I think at least make it seem that you like try to like hear appeals and talk to everyone involved yeah, to no, get all versions inside but no they went with the aerial shots and the complaints about the complaints from dimension that are lotus out there that's it they kick them out so what it's kind of, uh, are screwed. yeah there's but now For listen to this though i don't i don't i really don't know how the use how this uci uh jury works i know that in formula one though they always have a driver be part of the jury i think that they should have a sprinter uh, a retired sprinter, not Mario Cipollini. That would be way too much. But Eric Sabol or yeah, I don't know somebody, a, a sprinter that has, is a retired sprinter, in with the judges. That way, because a lot of these judges probably, I'm guessing, this is completely guessing. They're probably ex-riders that like rode, you know, 40 years ago. Probably none of them are sprinters. Have a sprinter's perspective. Be like, no, listen. In a sprinter, in a sprint, this happened and that happened, or this is completely uncalled for. I understand why he did yeah. this, not that, whatever. I, I, I just. Oh, I know, Tyler Farrow. There. Aww. There you go. He's not I mean, retired. No, but he's not really a sprinter either. 
I think you, <laughs> I think you have to go fast. You have to be able to he ride really even, fast in order to be a sprinter. That job? No, he can't even get that. Job. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Okay, so at least we all agree that uh, he should have gotten thrown out. He should not have gotten thrown out. But if yeah. it was Buhani, everybody would have been like, yeah, that guy, he's so dirty, blah, blah, blah. Look at that crazy mustache. He needs his teeth fixed. Everybody, That's exactly what everybody would be saying. So, um, Yep. Oh, and the other thing, I know that we are way over time, but I do want to ask you ah, this very not. point question. So... Yeah. Did they have to wait for Chris Froome when Aru attacked and they got a little gap? Yes, was, 100%. Was that... Aru should never have attacked. Okay. Aru saw the arm go up and then he attacked. That's not cool. And you know the funny part, that I'm both of them are saying that, oh, I didn't see anything. Oh, come on. Yeah, Aru said, I, I didn't see that Chris Froome I mean, had a mechanical. And this is when Kintana we have to go on CSI, go and check again the the replay of that and try to look at Aru's eyes. <laughs> and, see, and see if that's it. Because I thought, like, that guy is not looking at nothing, man. He's just like, I think that it was the point when he was supposed to attack or something, and then he just went. But it was funny because he's saying, like, I didn't see Aru mechanical. And then Chris from I didn't see Aru attacking. So <laughs> it's no one one saw anything. No funny. Denial both of them. Based on uh, Aru's writing style, and I, it, it's consistent with what I would expect. And I'm not saying that, like, he's a terrible person. I'm just saying he's... I don't know. He strikes me as that kind of a writer and that way that makes yeah. him exciting, but that also makes him condemnable. But I'm like, yeah, but yeah condemnable by a bunch of people that want everything to be just pretty and perfect and delicious just the way they like it. So fucking Frolic he's an puppies. asshole. So Frolic. what? But you know, this is the part this is the part when it gets really hard to explain to people that are just, you know, like watching cycling and then they go and see something like this. It's like, wait, wait. Why are they waiting for them? For because the guy, they sport. are not supposed to be attacking him or something. And it's like, no, 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 because you don't attack it because you're like, like this BS. I mean, if like the bike is part of the equipment, if either your bike breaks, no flag. Exactly. I mean, but you're going to get it. He says, like, back. show me other sport when you're like, and they are car racing. If a car breaks down and the guy is a possible contestant for the thing, are they are going to no, stop? Like, oh, we got a mechanical. We have to wait for him. Like, okay. But Bad luck for you. See you later. So. Oh my God. People would get booed. People would get booed out of a fucking circuit if uh, if anybody in Formula One did that. It's like, oh, I gotta slow well, down. Now they do have the okay. yellow flag if there's a crash. Well, everybody has to slow down for everybody's safety, but not. Right, and you're not allowed to pass. But for a mechanical clause, you're really? You're not allowed to pass. You're well, not allowed to pass like... for a certain chunk of the race. It's not any any, right. any for safety because people have to come out and get the car that is broken out of the way. But, yeah. This gets us to something we've said and we talked about before, which is that cycling is a Loch Ness monster of a sport. It is bizarre. <laughs> it is stuck in its ways. It is stuck in another time and place. And yet it claims to be obsessed with technology and newness. But it really is. It's like it's like instead of a bar fight just breaking a bottle over someone's head, smacking them in the face with a glove and challenging them to a duel. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> old time. <laughs> And if you've seen a bar fight, you go, what are those guys doing with their gloves? Why is it? It's like, that's how they fight. They are manly. Wow. Oh, crazy. I, I have I have two, two 
two comments kind of out of the blue. The first one is how come when you say a kilo, like one kilo, it's a kilogram, not a kilometer or a kilojoule or how did how did kilogram get to be kilo? Mm. I want an answer to that one. It's weird. And in markets, because in say, markets, when you go and buy your food and whatever, it maybe it's more popular than for like distances. No, what about? Food? No, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna go out oh. for. I'm gonna run a kilometer. I don't know. Is it? But can we? But you don't say I'm going to run a kilo. I'm going to. No, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Why? Yeah, why yeah, no, that's, that's. I think the marketplace overtook it when you go and uh, when you go yeah, to the market and ask for. Well, I kilo, kilo, kilo. Maybe I don't know. Maybe More importantly, are we all are we all going to join Sean Kelly and say Tour of France? The Tour of France? No. No, but more importantly, can we? Is it worthwhile? Not that there's much to say, but uh, Robert Millar's news. Oh yeah, Philippa? actually, before before we talk about yeah. Filippa, though, um, last episode I talked about. Uh, I asked you, Klaus, if you remembered who won the stage to Andorra in 2008 when we were there, or 2009 when Yeah. Was. Bryce Felieu. Bryce Felieu. Yes, and I, because I heard his name just the other day. He was. Yeah. He was kind he's of in, a part of a stage there. He he's was in. Uh, what's the name some... of that team now that I don't remember? I don't remember his name. The small uh, French um, team. Yeah, the uh, the white 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 uh, jersey white Fortuneo, shorts. Fortunao, uh, whatever. Fortunao. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, Philippa. Good. Awesome. I love it. I think it's great. Um, I think it's great and awesome and at the same time completely inconsequential to me. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I was going to say like, oh, the moment I said, are we going to talk about them? Like, what? what is there to say? Except that. Good for her. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope hope that it doesn't get stupid and people are fucking assholes and ignorant shitheads. I really, really hope that's not the case. I've now heard of a couple of pros before this all came out officially make really kind of awful disparaging comments. So I hope that that is not the case. And I hope it's not somebody yeah. that I like, like like a writer that I really like. Say some stupid. No, it's not. I'll tell you. Liking them, but okay. Um, there we go. What's up, Emma? Nah, there she is. Um. Arm game. Oh yeah, and okay. Jens Volk. Did I already say that? Am I losing my mind that Jens Volk calls Mantano Pantani? No, you, Did I... no, you didn't say it on the air. You told us before. Okay. Um, yeah. And Jens Volk also uh, was in Eurosport for one of the. You know, they're like because they're doing oh, really? everything from. Are they doing flag to flag in the U.S. as well? No. No. Close. Well, there they're you know like so from kilometer two hundred and ten to kilometer. 197 Jens Vogt was in and he was great he was absolutely great he was with um with Rob Hatch so Rob Hatch knew exactly what to ask him and stuff it was really good yeah um I found it really 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 interesting uh also I need to uh, oh is that why their draft work is why... from go ahead what's that uh, is that why they're piggybacking because so and I haven't I only watched two stages in the US broadcast so if they are doing the whole thing forgive me uh, anyone out there but is it is that why Eurosport is uh, Sean Kelly comes in for the second part are they having someone else in the beginning is that why so he does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's Carlton uh, Kirby uh, Sean Kelly Rob Hatch uh, Matt Stevens uh, uh, Brian Smith yeah they're yeah they're just switching them all the time otherwise they would go 
bonkers. Oh, by the I'm way, bonkers. Oh, and Natalia they have a mentioned... lemon alert too. Oh, and the lemon thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Natalia mentioned something uh, interesting, which I don't know if you guys mentioned last week. But Natalia, you were listening to a podcast, and there was a mention of our friend Goga and how he <laughs> yeah. said that he was like yelling at the Giro, and apparently this is an ongoing problem now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these other podcast, they were doing their thing, and then at some point you see you hear, you hear a hysterical woman yelling in Spanish in the background, and uh, Goga is doing this. Uh, videos and little inputs that she does on a side for the for for her coverage of the of the tour de, de France and they were sitting there and the moment that she started yapping they said oh and we are joined now by the Colombian podcast in the background at that point I was laughing but I also wanted to like tweet ferociously at them she is not Colombian you know us <laughs> But in case nobody knows and you haven't heard of the episodes that we've talked about her before, Goga is the a crazy Mexican lady who is, she knows her cycling, but it's, uh, I don't know, she is like if your mother got a job as a cycling The crazy aunt. She's the crazy, She's cra- aunt, the crazy that aunt that watches aunt the stages with you and freaks exactly. out on the scents. Yeah, so, and yeah, she is a broadcaster for the Colombian. I mean, she's she's a commentator for the Colombian broadcast, but um, but she's not Colombian, no. And she was so loud during the Giro that the Eurosport feed, you can hear her perfectly. perfectly. And Perfect. now we know that other broadcasters are noticing, and she's known for being literally a loudmouth. I don't mean to say, yeah, literally, she's too loud. Yeah. Just please help us annoying. spread the word. She is not Colombian. Please. Yes. I feel offended okay. when they say that. But anyway. Do you do you know who is Colombian? Nairo Quintana. And do you know who is not going to win the Tour de France? Yo Um disappointed. I'm very disappointed at Nairo Quintana. Not because he's obviously not in the best shape, in the shape that he should be in for the Tour de France. But because the reason that he's not in the best shape in the Tour de France is because he decided to do the double, which is completely retarded, completely stupid, and he should not have tried. It upsets me. Interesting. Now, YOLO! Now listen, YOLO! As a, Colombian, <laughs> as a Colombian, though, all three of us being Colombian, do you guys think that there is a chance in hell that Rigoberto Duran can be in the podium? I'm not saying anything about it. it's just a matter of time before he pulls a Rigoberto and just... He has like one of those stages where he doesn't even finish. I don't know. I mean, this Tour de France has been crazy in that Crazy but sense. boring. Come on. No, no. That, crazy for for Duran, I would say. Because oh, yeah. he even won the stage that he supposedly lost. So it usually doesn't go that <laughs> yeah, way yeah. for Duran. So I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to go with the be... safe side from Cannondale saying, eh, this is too early. It's a long tour. They actually went there for a stage hunting. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I don't. I, will I would say love this. it. But... Yeah. Having Pierre Roland work for you would be awesome. I'll say this. This could be a weird tour with a weird podium that could be like Froome, Aru, Uran, Aruran, which sounds funny. So I think it's possible. Also, and again, I'm now referencing again this stupid uh, Jonathan Botters interview. He said that coming into the tour, Rigoberto's numbers look better than anything he has ever 
basically he's in the shape of his life. They knew that mm. coming at in. At age 30. Weird. At age 30, he is coming in like the numbers are through the roof. And he's like, we knew that. We didn't want to talk about it and have some element of surprise. But they feel pretty good about his possibilities. Huh. Um, we'll see. So that's we'll see. sounds good. Now that, now that go, go, Rigo, go, Rigo. You know who's nah. not singing that? Talansky. <laughs> yeah, Talansky. Talansky watched that and he was like, he won the stage. God damn it! Uh, I'm gonna tell you something though. Now that Richie Port is out of the tour, now Froome has a chance. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Richie Port was looking unusually good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. This was it. This was his chance. He's too old now. I hate to say it, but yeah, I mean, this was. Oof. Oh man, I have. I would have loved yeah. for Richie Port to have won this tour. I never thought he really had it in him for a real grand tour. I mean, it's only the first week, but he was looking very good. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. Oh, did you well, see? I... Did you see that Betancourt? Sorry, in that stage that Betancourt went rogue, he had the earpiece out of his ear for oh, most of the yeah. part. He was like, oh. "I don't give a shit. I'm doing my own race, people. See ya." <laughs> oh, when uh, the, when uh, Uran did his bike push at the end for the stage, his earpiece also popped out. That's that's for a reason. Thanks, but for it was just weird because there's probably a picture of it going wee. <laughs> Keep an eye. Oh boy! Hey, right, Hans, bored, take us out. We have, we have bored the, we have bored the listeners uh, enough. Um, guys, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, Mike will be here, and uh, we'll discuss the tour a little bit more. It'll be, yep. no, it won't be over yet, actually. But we're out of here. Peace. <laughs> Kure, 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 kure,